Welcome to The Intersect. I'm your host, Michael Brunash, joined with me by Noah Coot. Hello, hello. Uh, yeah. I'm finally recording back in my apartment in New York City, so all that familiar background noise is back, and no more dogs barking or howling. Hmm. So how's it to be back in the city? Um, up here, upstate, you know what? It's snowing quite a bit. Yeah, you always got a lot more snow than us. It snowed today, but it's not like it didn't stick to the ground. And even though I'm back, I have a mandatory quarantine. So I haven't really been into the city that much other than to get tested. Is it a two-week um, Is it a two-week quarantine? It's a four... Uh, you have to quarantine for four days. On the fourth day, you can get a test. Then you have to go back to quarantine until your test results come back negative. Or you quarantine for 10 days. But since NYU okay. provides... So you got a test and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm just waiting for the results back. Which hopefully okay. should be like tomorrow. I want to go out like to walk. I was like, you want to go out? And I was wondering where you'd be going out right now. Yeah, just walk around. Um, my campus is currently on a lockdown. Um, they're not allowing anyone to go off to campus. If basically you're caught going off campus, they uh, send you back home right away. Jesus, what happened? Because we had about the same number of cases in one week, the very first week as we had throughout the entirety of the last term. Makes sense. There's uh, more COVID going around. Um, more people. There's uh, new strains now that are more virulent um we have a lot of cases yeah. right now and universities are not being as strict as the same two-week quarantine that they were for last semester even though we have more covid now yep so i don't know weirdly enough i feel like nothing's going on uh, a few people that i know have been impacted but there's they were affected the first week and since i'm going into week three now they're starting to finally come back after a two-week mandatory quarantine so it kind of feels normal for me Except for the fact that I can't go off campus, which makes my weekends very boring. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. I like to, I like to travel a bit. Um, I think I already talked a lot about my photography. Yeah, follow uh, that on yeah. Instagram. I like to travel. At what's the what's the handle? Oh, at uh, Coot Photo C O U T yep. Photo. I don't know. Yeah. So um, I'm working a little bit in my photography hobby, and I'm actually taking a photography courses term, which I think you also mentioned earlier, and I'm really enjoying it. I'm actually having quite a bit of fun with it. So um, I'm trying to see how I can like really improve my style in other things and landscape. I usually do a lot of landscape photography since I like to go hiking, and that's also why I like to go travel because I like to capture these unique sites, different places, and... Now I'm kind of like uh, stuck on campus, so I have to really force myself to be like, what interesting pictures can I take from within the confines of my room type of thing, which I kind of challenge myself to do. And so I try to like find different objects that have interesting color combinations and try to stage them in an interesting way. I have to mess around with lighting for my window. I also have like a fancy flash, but I don't like the lighting flash gives off to an image as much. <laughs> so I don't know. It, it, it's getting very technical, but I really feel like I'm working on my uh, skill. That's good. That's good. Actually, um, you know how Instagram always recommends uh, people to follow? Yeah. It asked me to follow your class Instagram. <laughs> uh, that's probably because it's connected to my account. Yeah, I saw it. I was just like, I could, but that just seems like much. Uh, so I'm not supposed to have other people follow my class Instagram. Okay, so I won't do it. If it pops up again, I, I'll, I'll be sure not to do it. Hmm. Wait, why can't other people follow it? But yeah, uh, I think they just kind of want to keep it within the course. So like the feedback is very much uh, traded. Like like we the feedback is very much internal within the class. So it doesn't feel like you have external people suddenly affecting what feedback you get on okay. the image. I don't know. That's the way the professor did it. I guess he also doesn't want people to try to set up the account like for social media. He wants people to just post whatever they get without feeling judged or what they do based on what they put there. Yeah, that makes sense. Although, kind of, it's judged by everyone in the class. Yeah, but it's judgment from within the class is different than like your peer group, like your friends. Yeah, it's mostly criticism, just like people trying to be very uh, 
trying to like tell them oh i really like this aspect of it or is like i think you could maybe have framed it a little higher a little lower and uh i know um i turned in my first assignment actually today and it was five pictures with a theme of light in it and um I don't know, I, I thought it was, it went quite well. The professor seemed to like my things, and a lot of people had interesting things too. But yeah, um, I feel like some students feel a bit intimidated by me though, because I seem to have like some experience beforehand and have like a lot of nice pictures just thrown out, and then they're a little more reluctant to just put out their things there, but. That's why now I'm trying to like go into things I'm not as familiar with, so I put myself at a more equal footing. I mean, it's also like you've had experience with pictures. Like your dad's been taking pictures like forever. <laughs> My dad is a big uh, hobby photographer, so like I remember for we sure were in third grade, and I see your dad like editing pictures on your like old iMac. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm guess I'm following similar footsteps, but. I am actually trying to learn through courses how to do it and I don't know. I guess I'm also learning a lot more of an artistic style and behind photography. I feel like my dad takes a lot of pictures of like moments with family and such, but he doesn't put it in as much of an artistic manner as a lot of people in uh, class for photography would. Yeah, makes sense. But you know what? I'm actually going to see if I can send you those pictures and... Uh, What's your name on this? Oh, you changed your name from Zaytun. Uh, yes. Uh, one of my classes uh, used uh, Discord, and it made it a little bit easier that it was like my name. A professor used Discord? Yes, it was my comics books class. Okay, that's interesting, actually. I wouldn't expect Discord to be used for a class, although it is a very good um, messaging platform. I mean, it, it, it was the comics books, co comic books class, so like... It just seemed, like, easy. Dude. Yeah. I'm digging um, these pictures. They're nice. I like the, <laughs> like, all-glass building um, one. I, I, I'll see if I can maybe post this collection of pictures on uh, my personal Instagram. Or, well, no, my photography Instagram. And uh, you guys might be able to check them out. But I just sent them over there first time to Michael, and he's looking at them for the first time. So, yeah, I like the dome <laughs> picture, uh, like uh, sunset is nice. Yeah, you guys definitely need to check out his uh, his uh, photography Instagram. These pictures are dope. I don't even consider all of them to exactly be great pictures because they have a few of them have flaws, but like I feel they represent the theme of light well, which is a focus of that assignments we had to turn in so i thought they went very well though with the assignment yeah i mean uh in terms of light uh, all of them work really well i really like the reflection on one of them why are we this this is not like that helpful to describe pictures on a audio platform but these are really nice so check them out on instagram when you see them yeah at coot photo c-o-u-t photo all right um do you have any more personal things on your side you want to talk about? Or should we get into uh, more of our usual discussion? Actually, uh, since I flew back last week, it's just to just more to like, it's fascinating for me to be like in a different area. Like, like, yeah, I was in Haiti for a bit. And then like, just traveling, I had a, uh, I had a connection flight. So I was in Miami for about like uh, four hours. And just how like, Miami International Airport treats travelers versus JFK, it's so different. Like Miami, they don't they don't really do any checks. You just go through your normal immigration stuff. Like uh I went there I went to get food like at, at a bar and the guy the bartender has his mask on only when he's talking to me, but as soon as he walks away from me, it's off. It just so, like, other than the fact that the other, like, travelers are wearing masks, you wouldn't be able to tell that we live in, like, this more or less dystopia, <laughs> real-life dystopia. And, but when you land in, in at JFK, the as soon as you step out of the gate, there are National Guard soldiers uh, handing out um, 
this flyer that you're supposed to record your information, uh, say whether or not you got tested in the last 72 hours, et cetera, et cetera, with all the details about their quarantine inside New York City. And then there's another set of National Guards that are there to verify you did all that paperwork. <laughs> all right, wait, wait, wait. So you're saying National Guards. So I'm guessing this is very much the state taking action. Yes. So not every state has their own National Guard. They're basically like every state's military. It's an actual branch of the military, though. It is yeah. partially taken care of by the Department of Defense, is it? So there are state there are state militaries and in terms when there's a crisis or something they can be federalized but usually they're only at the state level all right so when they say a state is bringing in national guards from another state that's because they're being like federalized oh uh, no sometimes the, the, the state, state is inviting the other state to bring in their national guard okay but so, so what i understand is you're telling me and i'm not surprised that in florida the government doesn't seem to be taking as much action as compared to New York. And of course, it's been known that Governor DeSantis, the governor of Florida, has very much not wanted to push a lot of protocols for um, Corona. And I think he also said he never wants to put the state on a lockdown again. Um, meanwhile, it's uh, Cuomo, yes. who is the governor we, of New we York. Know it. We know yes. We both live here. Um, I hope you know <laughs> I know we both live here, but somehow I feel like the mayor and governor of New York sometimes get mixed up in my head. Makes sense. Yeah. They both seem to be about equal as equally influential. I don't know how to put it, but... Well, maybe not for... Uh, de Blasio is not necessarily for you, but de Blasio is the mayor of the largest city in the United States. He... All the news media is in New York City. So there's an... So you hear about yes, him a lot. Especially because uh, de Blasio, the mayor of New York City in general, has a lot more power than your average mayor. New York City has like its own unique set of laws. And it's like its own miniature government. Well, I mean, every city has that, but it's like there's more devolved power to them. Like, yeah. it's de Blasio that manages the MTA, not Cuomo. Uh, MTAs are public yeah. transportation service in New York City. And... But yeah, so basically, I, I just want to highlight, so there's really a difference in the way the states approach it. And even if it's something like traveling internationally, which is technically, I think, con uh, controlled by the United States Customs and Immigration Services, which is yes. federal, um, a lot of the protocol is enforced by the state itself. Yeah, so like, it's one thing to go through uh, Im immigration, the passport control stuff. The airport is very much managed by the by the state or local municipality but yeah no all right it was just it was just a weird dichotomy of just like we live in t very different worlds well it's also very different weather between here where it's snowing and down there where it's probably t-shirt and shorts weather for us it is for people in florida they're freezing right now <laughs> well i mean i'm like chilling in t-shirt and shorts and it's probably 50 60 degrees in my house or in my room I mean, I don't mind the cold. I actually like it when it's cold when I go to sleep. The only time I don't like the cold is when I have to get out of my bed. Oh my god, in the morning, it's horrible. I don't want to get up. Yeah, in the morning, it's what makes it so hard to get out of bed. But otherwise, the cold is like really nice when you're trying to fall asleep. Actually, my apartment it sucks, so I can't control the heat in my room. It's actually my upstairs neighbor that controls the heat in my room. And they love to put it on blast. And I very much like it cold, so I always, like, keep my window open at night. And there's some mornings I wake up, I'm freezing my ass off. It's, it's great. I love it. I love my apartment. Well, uh, the problem is that the central heating in my house is based on the living room on my floor. And since our rooms are separated, usually if I don't leave the door open, my room gets a little colder. Um, but I do so try to open the window sometimes just to get fresh air in, but then my housemate gets annoyed because I make the whole house cold. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. To be fair, I appreciate having yeah. housemates during a global pandemic. It'd be very lonely. Now, now, I'm trying to think about this. 
you arrived in this country with a different president. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We should probably mention that. I mean, it's finally happened. It has happened. So Joe Biden was inaugurated. Actually, our plan, the reason there wasn't an episode uh, last week is uh, our plan was to record after the inauguration in case something happened. Because last time I said nothing's going to happen during a uh, moment in like electoral presidential history, I was dead wrong. And so and then because we moved it, then things came up and it was just not possible. But like it was typical as in nothing bad happened. I mean, there was a National Guard that there, true. and of course, the crowds weren't there as were big. There were no crowds. They, of course, <laughs> they weren't allowed. Yeah, they. Um, in the end, the biggest thing that came out of this whole inauguration is not the new president; it's the Bernie Sanders thing in a chair meme. That's true, but just the ceremony itself was pretty cool. Uh, they had a national poet there. Uh, she's twenty-two. Noah and I are twenty-one. Oh, I remember her. I, I don't remember her name, but I remember seeing her. I'm pretty bad at names, so it's... yeah. I don't remember her name either. But it was a very good poem. Like, inspirational. I was in class and while it happened, so I kind of had an idea of what was going on, but I did not pay attention to it. I, I watched, like, half of it. So I watched, like, the second half, so where I got to see Lady Gaga, uh, J-Lo, uh, the, uh, the poet... Of course, uh, Kamala Harris being sworn in as the first female vice president, first uh, first uh, black vice president, first Asian uh, vice president, and Joe Biden becoming the 45th president. I mean, 40, 45th person to become president. He's the 46th president. Yes. Um, I was actually kind of wondering... If Mike Pence became president by issuing, what is it, a 25th Amendment or whatever? Yes. Um, wouldn't that have made then Joe Biden to 47? Yes. Yeah. I just, I remember people said the whole thing before Trump became president because he had this whole thing with 45th, put it on all his t-shirts and stuff. And people are joking about how they should, uh, how Obama should resign Right at the very end, so Joe Biden could be president and ruined the number. <laughs> I mean, he's still using it. His Twitter, uh, well, he doesn't have Twitter anymore, but Twitter likes to keep the old, uh, the old POTUS account, and they'll just label it, so 44 for, for Obama, 45 for Trump. So you can see all the things he's posted that hasn't been like a violation of Twitter's rules. On, on the 45th uh, at POTUS45. But the new POTUS Can account... Can they delete hmm? the things? No, no it's uh, basically in the National Archives. But you said what doesn't uh, violate the rules. Even if it violates the rules, technically it can't be deleted. Well, it's because um, Donald Trump, during the insurrection, uh, he tweeted a lot of stuff, and then Twitter was like, no, get off of this. You're not allowed to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. And so we have a new president. Yeah. Um, we were we did not record because we thought maybe something will happen. Um, nothing happened except for a meme. Uh, there was National Guard there and uh, we had Lady Gaga yes. sing. Um, there was a and I guess also like new president, but that's not the big part of it. Yeah, no, I think it was J-Lo. That, that J-Lo stole the show. <laughs> like, Oh, for sure. Um, I kind of found it weird. There's this part where they like bring the picture of the president getting sworn in. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about like, oh my God, they had to rush to get the picture printed and all that stuff um, in the news. And uh, yeah, I was kind of thinking that seems like really exaggerated. The photography professor comments on it on class the next day, and he's like, yeah, no, printing doesn't take any time at all nowadays with all the modern tech. So <laughs> I just find it funny how to news sometimes. I think, well, because the buildup was there was going to be armed rebellion in 50 state capitals and at D.C., and that Donald Trump was going to do something crazy, but like... 
no one went to Trump's event. No one cared. There was only... So many people felt betrayed by Trump. They were hoping that QAnon would just, like, bust out of nowhere and the pedo rings would, like, suddenly be revealed okay, and all the capitals would fall or let, something. But before know. we get into the QAnon bit, let me just finish, uh, just this wrap-up. Uh, there was only two protests at two state capitals. I don't even know what they, what states were protested at. And, like, literally no one showed up. Now, the QAnon people... <laughs> So, QAnon, a crazy, I don't even want to call it right-wing, Trumpist conspiracy theory. They're the ones who are like, the election was stolen and blah, blah, blah. They helped, they were one of the lead organizers of the insurrection on January 6th. They had this idea that Donald Trump is a savior. He's working with the military to house, like, lizard people in government, all the everyone in government is pedophiles or whatever so they're a lot of them were just like they're like january 26 like at 11 50 the u.s military is gonna come in and not only arrest people like shoot everyone there like kill everyone there and it's like trump will stay pre stay on as president for like life i guess and nothing none of that happened and so many people were felt like betrayed and lied to they're like how could QAnon be so fake? I spent my life on this. Well, this was wrong? What the hell? I don't know. It was really... For me, it was very funny. The build-up to the, like, realization and betrayal. I mean, because the people who believe in QAnon are... How do I say this nicely? Fanatical. They're... They literally live in an alternate existence or reality that the rest of us live in i wouldn't say you're entirely wrong with that statement but it's like it's just interesting that he it, it's a bit like a cult i don't know it's they all believe in this certain message and it's like really hard to get out of it yeah no it's uh it's really bad like people have died because of QAnon. <laughs> like beyond just the capital protest there are other events that QAnon like propagated and it led to people dying oh yeah for sure so it's a very serious issue like I as much as I like making fun of idiots it's a it's idiots with guns oh no it makes me it gives me those Westboro Baptist Church vibes yeah it gives me uh do you remember what was it the the Davidians like have you ever heard of Waco in like 1990s uh, I feel like I've heard of it, but I I got a little... like branch Davidians. I I forgot the details. But yeah, it's basically it, so a I'm cult a led by a guy, it. and they're like, we're gonna start the new apocalypse, and we're gonna fight the U.S. government, something like that. But it, like, uh... at, at the end, it ended up with like most of them dying. So, it's it's a it's very scary stuff, and not all the people have abandoned QAnon. Some people are like, this can keep going. Which, yep. again, um, it's sad. All right. There, Do you think we should take a break soon? We, there's more There's more people I want to make fun of. Uh, there's the Proud Boys, uh, a right-wing, uh, right nationalist, uh, white nationalist group uh, that Trump famously didn't want to, uh, to denounce. He told them to stand by. And they, they started making fun of Donald Trump, calling him a loser. Some of the people who were at the Capitol protest, they were waiting for Trump to pardon them. Uh, he did not. Joe Exotic. Tiger King. Yeah. Joe, Joe Exotic had a limo prepared for him for his eventual pardon so he can get out of jail. Uh, that did not happen. But nope. Nope. Uh, Kodak Black and... Uh, what's that other rapper? Uh... Whatever, Kodak Black got released from, got a pardon though, so good for him. Yeah, it's been an interesting presidency. But yeah. All right. Should we take a break yes. now? Then? Let's take a now. And we're back. Got one last. Hello. One last thing about uh, Donald, the Donald. Yeah. Um. So, uh. 
I think he's splitting the GOP a little bit more than it's already been split. And there's rumors about him trying to create his own political party or people trying to create a political party that follows him called the Patriot Party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Go for it. I wonder how... I wonder how bad it's going to be for the GOP. I mean, it will literally split their voters in half. Personally, go for yeah. it. I'm down. Okay, okay. About that, though, um, now I was also thinking Massachusetts, a state which also the both of us are very familiar with. Um, Where we spent most of our lives. I think, yes, we, we met over there and spent most of our childhood there. Um, I think the GOP, Massachusetts GOP party has condemned charlie baker a republican governor of massachusetts um for him supporting the impeachment or going against really they did that i didn't hear that (laughs) yeah uh i i saw it recently in an article i follow some of the local news in boston i think i saw it in an article somewhere there which i find just all right uh yeah, Massachusetts GOP party is condemning uh the patriot the, the governor of Massachusetts who himself is a Republican. Oh, I heard Arizona did that. They uh censored their governor, uh, douche. I don't know his his name. Uh, they uh, they do you just say douche something like that. Doocy douche do like <laughs> does it really matter? <laughs> Douchey. I don't live in Arizona. <laughs> don't care um they also uh censored uh cindy mccain uh john mccain's uh wife and another republican oh jeff flake their former uh, senator because they all supported impeaching donald trump which the trial is going to start february 8th so i just wait for him not to get punished i guess yeah, I'm wondering how likely the impeachment is to pass. For some reason, I'm not very... I, I don't... I feel like it's not too surprising if it doesn't pass. I mean, but the other day, 45 Republicans... Change things. 45 Republicans voted to end the impeachment trial. And it failed because, you know, you need 51 to pass stuff. But, like, 45 is a lot. That's true. Um, About that, did... We have the new Senate now, right? Yes, it's officially um, a Senate Minority Leader Democratically. McConnell. Okay, so uh, yeah, that's a few changes. But all right, um, yeah, let's stop talking about the old and uh, let's get to the new stuff with our new president. Yes. Yeah, so Joe Biden wasn't kidding that he was going to do a lot of stuff day one. Day one, he wrote like seven executive orders mostly undoing stuff that trump did and um wasn't it like trying to put in place a national mask mandate trying to get rid of the muslim ban stuff like that so he the national mask mandate it's only on federal property or federal lands yeah it's i don't know if he can constitutionally apply it to states that's why all right um quick question though would that mean a place like the Everglades in Florida, which is, I think, a national park, have the national mask mandate put in place there? Yes, it's federal land. And that includes the highways going through it? No. Well. No answer. You, The thing about highways is that while they are like federal interstate highways, so but it's under management by uh, state and local government. Also, you don't have to wear a mask in your own car. Yeah, that's true. But I would imagine like the highway stops and such. But that I guess is technically state and not federal. Um, but I just find it interesting. So a lot of places with public land that belong to the federal government, that would really seem odd to be like entering federal land and suddenly, oh, you have to put your mask on and then exiting. And it's like, oh, now you can do whatever you want. Yeah. So like if you live in like 80 to 90 percent of nevada you now have to wear a mask (laughs) and um yep but yeah and on the east coast generally there's not as much federal land yeah so yeah they undid the muslim ban they uh got they canceled the keystone xl pipeline they tried to sign back in on the paris climate agreement uh rejoining the who all that good stuff. 
uh, $15 federal minimum wage. I mean, for federal employees, that's a law that they're trying to pass for everyone else, but so far it's only for federal employees. Um, st stuff about combating um, discrimination, both gender, sexual. Do they cancel building the border wall, or is they that still going They canceled the border on? wall. Well, they're not building new border wall stuff. They're not going to demolish what's been built either, though. Yeah, because why would we want to spend more money on that waste of a project? No reason. <laughs> Mexico still hasn't paid for the wall, so, you know, it's whatever. And that's Joe Biden's job to ask for Mexico Mexico's <laughs> money. Although I don't think they're doing too well right now. Uh, didn't your president, the president of Mexico, get covid yeah, and he was also the type of person to say, uh, pray the disease away. I think he's been saying the Bible is going to be what's going to cure him or what's going to protect him, and uh, unfortunately, that's not the case. I'm kind of curious, though, because I don't think the Mexican government has the resources to really do much to help the situation, but... They have more um, resources than what they're doing than what they're doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering if the president just saying the bullshit to, like at least give people a thing to cling on, but it's not really changing anything. No, it's every single time you have a extreme, especially extreme candidate. So um, I think the president of Mexico's name is something Obrador, something, whatever. He's an extreme leftist candidate. So a little bit different than Trump and Bolsonaro, who are extreme right-wing candidates. They, there's just a delusion of facts that they refuse to accept and yeah you're you're stuck with that so it doesn't really matter if it's like right wing uh crazy or left wing crazy they're both crazy now i'm just trying to think of this because like mexico city is one of the most populated cities in the world it's one of the biggest cities in the mm -hmm. world um is it bigger than new york city in my uh, by population i think so yeah um it's insane to think like what's going on in Mexico City. Yeah. No, Mexico has a lot of governance issues that date back literal centuries. So, yeah. But, oh well. Um, Biden's been taking a lot of action, which is interesting to hear. Like, as soon as he got out in office, he's been right at it with work. Um, it's slowing down a bit now because he's starting to, like, go into the policies. But, You'll still hear every day, oh, he's passing some new policy or whatever to try to achieve this or that. Um, I think I read something about trying to make the electric, the federal fleet of vehicles uh, electric. Yeah, so the plan is by like 2023, uh, there's like 650,000 plus federal vehicles. The plan is to convert them all into electric uh, or hybrid cars in the next like three years does this number include military yes. vehicles doesn't include tanks though it literally just cars well yeah but I, I, well what i would imagine is if possible um they use like for example trucks to transport resources between bases and such and they might try to electrify those but the vehicles that are actually only used for like strategic whatever whatever they might not really electrify those as quickly. Well, there's also no tech for it. We're still waiting on electric trucks, so the tank will have to wait. That's true. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to think about, like, the resources needed to create all the batteries for those vehicles is going to be quite impressive. But I guess I might try to use alternatives other than lithium-ion. I mean, they're making new advancements. Uh, like in the past two weeks, I've heard the, about two different battery breakthroughs using alternative materials. So, well, breakthroughs take usually almost a decade to actually reach a point where it's in production. Yeah, well, not necessarily, but like if the money, it's gonna take a while. I feel like the breakthroughs that really got rolled out fast is in the realm of software because when you have something like a new data compression system, or well. I talked about a bunch of stuff in uh, a <laughs> in a course about like probability and communications, and we've had recent breakthroughs that are f suddenly being applied everywhere around the internet. But I mean, like in that realm, it's easy to roll out. You're what new about tech. Ganide batteries or chargers or is it Ganide? Uh, gallium. Gallium, yes. 
Those are those are pretty new and big. Oh, the those are new, but they're taking a little bit of time to roll out. I know, but I have a couple it's of them. It's still like it's still the new tech tax. Like it's still a premium product. Yeah, but it's like it's getting there. That's true. Um, actually, it's, yeah, it's nice to see breakthroughs get rolled out faster. But there's a lot of policy on the federal government with a new president and trying to like change many things. I'm wondering if that means that my naturalization process will go faster, but I haven't heard anything in terms of change towards the Im- approach to immigration. So, well, eh. there's a couple of things on immigration. There was a there was a deportation ban which got challenged on federal court and that's suspended right now. Uh, they're making visas easier for uh, foreign workers to get them. They're doing a lot of stuff on on that front. I haven't heard much about naturalization, but. They're making progress, and the pen is pretty fast, so they'll keep doing stuff. And now the last question I have is, are they going to fix the underfunded postal service? Well, that is an act of Congress. So right now, they're doing a lot in Congress. With uh, They're trying to pass a new, stim- a new uh, recovery bill, the $1.9 trillion one. So they're working on that. They're working on a host of other projects, but like that takes time. That's difficult to to do basically by yourself. And you might and you have Republicans who suddenly remember what budget deficits are. So <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, I think I think that's uh, enough for like U.S. Uh, politics news. We got some news around the world, right? Oh, for sure. Um, actually, I want to talk about Russia, but I want to do a quick mention because this has suddenly like been very popping up in my news feed a lot. And uh, my brother also lives over in the Netherlands, and they finally decided to put in place a curfew for coronavirus. And now there are protests over there. I'm not surprised, um, but I heard like rioting and looting, and so about the Netherlands, they're, I like to say that they're like the America of Europe, where they all have this big idea of individual freedoms and so on. Um, it, it, some people don't like it when I say that, but the, it, it, to some extent, their approach to a lot of things on a government level, I feel is almost American in terms of like the fundamental beliefs they have. Individualism uh, versus although, community. Yes. Um, so that's one thing I like to throw out and also a bit of how they like to do their business and how the companies act. I mean, Netherlands has been, yeah, but it's still, Netherlands has been struggling. It's still a European country. It's still a European country, very different from the U S with still a lot more European socialism, uh, applied there. But so they've been struggling a little bit with the coronavirus, but also they have basically not done any lockdowns and they've, only recently, like towards December, actually started requiring masks to be worn. Um, people were wearing masks of their own accord at first and such, which, you know, is good that people actually there care about doing it on their own accord, but the government didn't actually really take action, so that meant some people still refused to do so. And uh, there is a lot of problems there, and now that they finally are putting in a curfew so late the people are starting to get mad especially a lot of the younger people from what i hear younger adults because they didn't feel impacted as much by the virus because generally you just you got sick like the flu and then you're fine um but it was a problem for a lot of other people and individuals in the country so they finally decided to take action and yeah now there are riots which i'm not surprised because I come from France, like riots in Europe, that's completely normal. But uh, I, I haven't really heard of riots in the Netherlands till now. So I mean, it's that's it's just frustration over the virus, frustration over the vaccines, frustration over the new strains of COVID. It's a lot. Yeah, it, it's difficult to just get things going well, and I know people are really tired of what's going on now i mean i'm tired of it i kind of want to like just do whatever i want again yeah i want to fast but i don't vaccine so this way life can go back to normal if you tell me tomorrow i can get it and everything's back to normal i'll do it 
<clears throat> I still not have much hope for the vaccine, personally. I, I guess I'm a, I have a very negative approach to it all. I don't see the virus actually changing, or I don't see things getting better in a recent future. I feel like a lot of what we have going on now will be how life will be for the next year or so still. Yeah. Like, we talked about this for U.S. and Europe. We're looking end of 2021 to get back to normal for um, the rest of the world later. About that. I thought you muted your phone. It's my iPad. Uh, uh, okay, uh, now let's move on to more European news. This is one that's going to make the Angela Merkel happy while she's still Angela? the leader of state. It's Angela. <laughs> yeah. But basically, uh, Russia is having a bit of an issue right now, and people are protesting, and uh, mass arrests are happening. But basically, the opposition party leader, Nevin, I think, I'm not exactly sure how you pronounce his name, released a good video, and finally a lot of information has been released showing that the federal government of Russia has a lot of corruption. Not that this was like, an unknown facts but there's like proof now there's proper evidence finally thrown out and there. it goes to the highest and, level um, to putin yes and so many people are protesting and of course uh the country is fighting back because there's very strict protest laws over there yeah it's interesting uh man i really wish i could say his name but the opposition leader he was poisoned last year like he just got out of hospital and he went to russia just knowing that he would be arrested at the airport like that's a level of uh how do i say this like at this point he he knows he is putting his life in danger he's doing this because he knows that if he gets killed like it's a message to the world hey this government really is bad it's like he's really standing strong and being vocal about the fact that he's trying to fight against uh, Putin's government. And um, he also is very aware of like the fact that he puts his life in danger. And I think he recently released a statement saying, I have no interest in killing myself. If I kill myself, it's probably not my fault or anything like that. And he says he's feeling very healthy and so on. Yeah, you never know. Putin might try to poison him again. <laughs> Uh, or, you know, a heart attack. Just some trace radiation. With no autopsy. Yeah, it, it's... <sighs> he is a braver man than uh, most people could be. Definitely braver than me. No, I would not do that. If a government tried to kill me, I would not go right back to that government. Yep. So, uh, I don't know if we'll see much change out of Russia with these protests. The problem is that the Russian government is quite well known for uh, controlling what's going on, and I think they'll just try to arrest all the people involved in protests and try to shut it down, and then just keep things running as usual in Russia. We'll see. Don't have high hopes, but we'll see. If something does evolve, though, if there are changes, and I know also now other governments in the Europe, in Europe especially are uh, trying to, like, support these protests. And uh, I, I do hope to see some change and the people being able to have more freedom. But I don't know. I want to see this democracy get fixed over there because I mean, it's not really a democracy. I don't have much hope. Remember we were talking about Poland, like, a couple months back? Yep. The abortion laws. Yeah, so not that not that hopeful. All right. Hey. Uh, that's European news I've had in mind now. Let's go to... Oh, we didn't mention Brexit happened, but I don't have much to say about that. I mean, Brexit's been happening. I mean, it like it's been a thing since January, early January. Uh, the fact that they have no more pol uh, economic leverage is starting to dawn on some people. Oh, yeah, because Europe is like, we're just going to stop exporting the vaccine outside of the EU. And the UK is like, um, guys, please don't. Well, that's why they tried to bring it all in as soon as they could. Oh, well, um, yeah. Should we uh, take a break now? Sure, let's take a break.
And we're back. Now, uh, last little section of this podcast. And what do you want to talk about? You know, this one thing. I, th- I think we can talk about tech. Yes. Let's go tech. Although, it's been pretty light on news. Um, like, outside of the new Galaxy phones. Um, the CES, which normally is, like, the most exciting tech thing to happen, was quite meh. low... I wouldn't say it was meh. It's just that usually you have the excitement of a showroom and you have all these people who post videos of them walking around the showroom, interacting with a physical um, product or prototype and being able to discuss what's going on. And now they don't have that freedom of being able to like just be there in person and show an object. It's the company presenting it to you. It feels more like a keynote rather than an expo. Also, there was a lot less people who there was a lot less uh, companies that went up to present stuff. Yeah, it, it's not CES if it's not like a big event in a exposition center. So it, that's unfortunate, but also understand considering the current situation. Yeah. Uh, but. Oh, do you have anything you want to mention from there? From CS now. All right. Um, I wanted to bring up something which I know we mentioned a while back. Um, the iPhone pacemaker issue. Yeah, Apple finally acknowledged it. So Apple has done an official announcement about uh, yeah, don't put your new iPhone in your chest pocket, especially if it's in wireless charging mode. It will mess with your pacemaker. So yeah, let's see other news. Oh, uh, do you know uh? CD Projekt Red, you know their cyberpunk? Uh, yes, I do know CD Projekt Red. Um, so Very well known for Witcher 2, which is a great series of games. Yes, and cyberpunk's having its hiccups. So last year, was the by the end of the year, the game came out in December, it was like very much in the news that cyberpunk just didn't work as a game. Like it didn't run on your device. And... CD Projekt Red, the company behind Cyberpunk, promised to fix a lot of stuff. And their first major patch came out this week. And it did fix a lot of issues, but it introduced more game-breaking bugs. So the game is still unplayable. Um, I heard, yeah, it's really affected, like, save files. And it's caused something where, like, the main storyline of the game suddenly doesn't work. If you have a certain bug that happens. Yeah, like... If I get it, even if I stay on current gen and I don't go next gen for a while, I'm going to enjoy getting this game for like 20 bucks. <laughs> but for the people who've been waiting for it for like almost a decade, really sucks to be dumb. Oh no. The game kind of is what I expected it to be. And of course, I want to be honest, people who play Uptown on PC seem to have a good experience from it. And, um,. It's usually a lot of people who play those type of games tend to care about more than just the main storyline. Like, they want to explore the open world more. And from what I've heard, the game really seems to fulfill, like, this open world um, scene quite well. Of course, there are issues, but other big games, I think I've mentioned it before, like Skyrim by Bethesda, full of bugs when it released and but it's not took them some time to fix it up it's not it doesn't stop you from no there are some game breaking issues Mm. fallout 4 had game breaking issues when it came out it's still a very good game in my opinion fallout 76 but it's just yeah that that was a difference (laughs) but i want to say for those huge open world games i don't expect them to ever come out good what I also think is that this is a lesson to people to stop pre-ordering games. Stop pre-ordering things unless you really have a reason to pre-order it. I mean... W- Although I did pre-order one game this year, so I'm kind of uh, being a hypocrite. I mean, I will pre-order that but game too. I tested a demo. I tested a demo of it, and the game seemed to work quite well. So I already have an idea of what I'm getting into. Right, I will defend Cyberpunk in that because you could pre-order it and you get a copy of your current gen console and the next gen cost console at no extra price like at no extra cost it's not that big of a deal and you know they're going to keep working on the game so 
Yes, the company has a good track record, so I expect them to be working on the game and trying to fix it. It's just, I feel too many people expected something big right from the start. Yeah. I mean, if you had a next-gen console, it wasn't that bad. Or if you had a really high-end PC, it wasn't that bad. Honestly, I feel the game was made for PC. You say that about every big game. But it depends on also the way the game engine is produced. And no, uh, certain games are very much made with console in mind and PCs as secondary. Uh, Look at something like The Last of Us, which is one of the best games ever released and it was made as a PlayStation exclusive. There's a few issues on a PC version, but it certainly is a game that was made with the PlayStation in mind. Yeah. Oh, also, I have a, outside of gaming, I have one last bit of big tech news, which I can't believe it, 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 it like, it, I forgot about it, but it's, like, the biggest thing. Well, it makes me personally really happy. A Jeep Pie is gone. The So, which, telecommunica- which telecommunications company is hiring him and giving a cushy position? I mean, nothing's been announced yet, but you never know, Verizon might decide to hire him because, you know, they have some really close ties because he worked there before and he keeps giving them freebies. So probably Verizon, if I had to put money on it. But yeah, Ajit Pai, the destroyer of net neutrality, the guy who has a big giant mug is gone and I'm happy. Well, you know what? I really want to end the episode on this note because that's actually a positive thing. (laughs) (laughs) alright let's end it here thank you guys for listening to us once again and follow us on Instagram Twitter like and subscribe share with your friends leave reviews 5 star reviews of course and and also please uh, if you do follow us or follow any of our other like social media accounts please give us feedback we love hearing back from you guys and having an idea of what you want us to work on, improve on, if there's a section of news you really like. I mean, I remember I heard people really like when we talk about our personal parts because we have little adventures we can talk about and such. So yeah, please hit us up. Anyways, thank you guys for listening. See ya. Y'all have a good one.